We're open for business live. Good morning. It's just after nine o'clock. It's Friday. It's the 2nd of February 2018. And I'm Jamie Veach, your host for the next hour for Sheffield Live's business and social enterprise programme, Business Live. And we are broadcasting live from the Sheffield Live studio in the showroom workstation building in the centre of Sheffield. We're going out on FM radio. We're going out online too. However you're listening, the programme will also be available as a podcast later from the Sheffield Live website. And of course, talking about podcasts. If you missed last week's programme, it's still there up on the Sheffield Live website. And the programme featured research from global consultancy McKinsey & Co. They examined over a thousand companies across 12 countries and they found that firms that are in the top quarter for gender diversity are 21% more likely to enjoy above average profitability. They also found that companies in the top quartile for ethnic diversity are 33% more likely to see higher than average profits than companies in the lowest quartile. So some fascinating research that we talked about in last Friday's programme. And of course, you can get the podcast of that on the Sheffield Live website, go to sheffieldlive.org, look up radio shows, find Business Live, and you'll be able to find the programme from last week. Whilst you're there, you can also enjoy a host of exciting music programmes and much, much more. Whatever music you like, there's something to discover on the Sheffield Live website. Anyway, that was last week. What about today? Well, I'm really, really pleased that in the studio with me today, we have engineer, STEMinist, and a promoter of inclusive skill building, Kisha Bradley. She's here to talk about girls with drills and Brightbox and much, much more. Also in the, the studio, Darren Chowings is here to talk about the Sheffield Social Enterprise Network. So exciting news. But before we turn to our guests, what else has been going on in business? What else has been going on in social enterprise this week? Uh, well, first of all, the government has been urged to change the law on sexual harassment to protect workers. And um, a committee hearing this week, suggestions for intent, uh, extending time limit for claims and reinstating employer questionnaires, lowering costs and strengthening sanctions were made to MPs. This was at the Women and Equalities Committee, which is chaired now by Maria Miller, the MP. And a heated session um, covered sexual harassment of women and girls in public places and uh, and also uh, looked at proposals, including mandatory workplace risk assessments to safeguard against sexual harassment and manager training too to change work cultures and to encourage the reporting of harassment as well. And the CBI, the Employers Forum for Large Businesses, has been involved too. Neil Carberry, who is the CBI's Managing Director of People and Infrastructure, was also on the panel. And he said that he believed that most employers regarded their duty of care as important, but that it should extend to harassment to create an environment where reporting is encouraged. He also added that there is a lot of harassment and it is of deep concern to CBI members that harassment goes unreported. Underlying this, according to Carberry, is that business is still too male and that leaves corners where harassment can go on. 
And the panel discussed significant shortcomings in the current legal framework, even though the current legal framework does cover um, some remedies for sexual harassment. They said there are significant shortcomings. So uh, many recommendations made there. And of course, the CIPD, Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, have been involved too. Um, worth keeping an eye on on, on, on this because um, uh, the panel uh, involved heated discussion, recommendations made, where this goes. Well, we'll cover it, of course, as we hear more and more. What's been going on in your business, your social enterprise this week? Have you been doing something uh, innovative, something different, something that you think deserves attention? Well, if you have, you can get in touch with the programme because we're always interested in hearing from you. So if you've uh, if you've achieved a major goal, if you've done something new, something different, or if you actually want to comment on what's going on in business and social enterprise, then get in touch. Email jamie at sheffieldlive.org. Send a text to 07904 272 Find me, Jamie Veach, on Twitter. Find Sheffield Live on Twitter as well. Because whether you're running a business or a social enterprise, whether you're an employer or an employee or self-employed, we're always really keen to hear your views. Put yourself, someone else, forward to be on the programme or simply get in touch with a comment. It can be anonymous. If you want, and I have had a couple of comments from listeners last week regarding outsourcing and Carillion. We'll be reading those out later. So don't forget, get in touch and uh, always keen to hear from you. I think, though, it's about time that we turn to our studio guests. So uh, I just want to say good morning to Kisha and Darren. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks both very much for coming in. And uh, it's great to uh, great to welcome you to the studio. So uh, we're going to be talking, Kisha, with you about um, about your work in Girls with Drills. And um, I'm going to I'm going to I've got lots of questions for you. What is a STEMINIS and how are you promoting inclusive skill building? But we're going to turn to you in just a few moments. Before we do that, I just want to bring Darren on the show because um, regular listeners uh, and anyone who tuned in last week will have heard the news about Sheffield. And um, the announcement that I uh, that I made that Sheffield is now an official social enterprise city. So tremendous news, and I know um, that a huge amount of work has gone into that. But Darren, you've joined us on the show today to actually talk about what what that means. So welcome and good morning. Yes, hello, hello, Jamie. So <clears throat> yeah, so my name is Darren Challings. I'm the chair of the Sheffield Social Enterprise Network. Yep, and. We have been working on a bid for Sheffield to be recognised formally by SEUK as a social enterprise city and a place where uh, some really exciting things are going on and social enterprise is thriving. Yes. So we have relied on a, 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 a an exciting and proactive stakeholder group that can drive that forward. So our stakeholder group is made up of some uh, key players within the city. Uh, those those include both universities, business, Sheffield, Sheffield Chamber of Commerce. We have uh, the LEPs, so the Local Enterprise Partnership involved, Social yeah. Enterprise Exchange, the RDF-funded programme, absolutely loads. And because we've got that support in place, it means that we can go ahead and start celebrating more formally what we're doing in Sheffield. You know, it's already been recognised, but this way there is a, a more cohesive way of collecting that data and celebrating it as one whole for the 
for the city? Tremendous. So there's a lot, a lot in there, and you talked about a wide range of stakeholders, a diverse range of stakeholders representing different groups, from business to uh, university to the private sector to the volunteering community sector. And you talked about recognition from SEUK. So I just want to unpack SEUK, Social Enterprise UK, uh, as, a, as a national organisation that uh, champions social enterprise in, in the United Kingdom. So... Uh, um, their recognition of this is really, really important in terms of Sheffield being recognised for the, the, the work that is going on by social enterprises and their partners here. Yes, yeah, certainly. So um, the, the Places programme started around 2014 yeah. and there were a number of cities already lined up and boroughs uh, and so forth yeah. that were already doing some great stuff and SEUK wanted a framework to support that. Yeah. So uh, work li- working directly with those, um, we're now amongst some fantastic places across the country. Those include uh, Plymouth as a social enterprise city, yes. Croydon as a borough, and also Veneto, which is an international Italian place. So they have a, an eye on celebrating European social enterprise as well. Um, for listeners that are probably wondering what makes a social enterprise place, you know, is it just a, a little award that can be obtained by anyone? We know a a significant amount of work has gone into mapping what exists here in Sheffield. Uh, We did a load of case studies. We understood the economic impact that it does uh, create here. And we had to prove that there was significant social enterprise activity. And we had to establish a significant stakeholder group to to drive that forward. Yes. Um, So that's where a lot of the work has gone. And we've now got a year from now to uh, report and analyse on a, a number of different aims and then continue that status for years to come, hopefully. <laughs> for years to come, indeed. And uh, you mentioned some other places uh, in the UK and internationally that have been recognised before. And um, uh, Sheffield now has done so too. I'm really interested in the fact that not only a massive amount of work has gone into it in terms of pulling over, pulling together a stakeholder group, and um, and that that group uh, is diverse too, but the recognition and the mapping that you've done, because um, you talked about um, the impact that social enterprises have, and I've seen stats on a national level that have demonstrated that the fastest growing social enterprises are creating jobs more rapidly than the fastest growing private sector um, organisations. And did did anything come up in the mapping that uh, was surprising, revelationary, really interesting? There must be a lot of data that was collected. Yeah. So f- from from my perspective, working on the network, it's not a surprise to mm. me because I, you know I'm, I'm amongst it. But often when I mention to people that the economic contribution by the third sector is higher than the car industry, for instance, is uh, always a surprise. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's shocking when people uh, realise that. Yeah, um, um, that's a really good one. I'm sorry to interrupt because, as you say, it isn't necessarily surprising to yeah. you because of your your uh, work with the Sheffield Social Enterprise Network. And, as, of course, um, um, this is um, one of many hats of, of, of yours and you're, uh, uh, like m- many people involved in the network, uh, there's huge amounts of voluntary work going into this. 
Um, but as you say, it's not necessarily a surprise to you because you're embedded in it, but it's a kind of stat that is a surprise to people when you say to people that the contribution to the city is higher than that of, of car industry. People uh, start to sit up and take notice. So then again, perhaps any other stats that were, um, are particularly revelatory when you tell them to other people. Anything else come up? So um, I'd like to kind of t- turn to stats related to places in, in, yes. t- in some yeah. respects. So with the places scheme, the actual reach of it so far has been in excess of six and a half million uh, people. Mm-hmm. So the social enterprises that are being uh, supported have a, 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 a breadth of activity they're doing and the impact is spread across uh, around six and a half uh, million people which is really really exciting yeah. um in 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 terms of statistics here our case studies range from uh, smaller social enterprises to those that were turning over millions each year yes and i think when we publish that kind of report later this year one of the aims of uh, this place program and what we're trying to do is to celebrate and show off the capability of those businesses because yes. um, uh, you you'll know this but uh, social enterprises got uh, a stigma that everyone is uh, volunteering in that business and mm. that they can't make nor make profit um we're trying to change change that uh, trying to remind people that uh, social business and social enterprise is about creating impact and value uh, community change um and being able to regenerate communities and having one eye on uh, profit uh, yes. making and making sure that it's sustainable you know they go hand in hand yeah absolutely and um and social enterprise uk will uh, define a social enterprise as something that trades and that creates a surplus the uh, the idea that profit is in some way bad it's more is is a complete misnomer isn't it it's more about um what a, an organization does with that profit and whether that creates value in a, in its community well that's a geographical community which it uh, very often is and social enterprises creating wealth in some of the most deprived areas in the uk or whether it's a, a community of interest in terms of uh, supporting uh, people so it's you you're you're challenging some perceptions too and i've heard it as well uh, occasionally from from people saying oh yeah social enterprise yeah they, they often they support one salary or no salaries load of volunteers but actually no I've, um they are creating jobs good jobs and uh, creating value and um and this isn't just you or me saying this either even the nat west se 100 index demonstrates yes, yeah. the um the, the the jobs being created by social enterprises so fascinating stuff yeah. and it's also the number you know you're looking at eighty thousand plus now i think in the yes. uk alone um sheffield we currently have around 300 members to our network uh, yeah. growing and one of the aims of uh, the place program is to um solidify and uh, maintain a sustainable uh, network uh, for for sheffield and its uh, social enterprises so we so we're looking to do that uh, i'd like to mention as well earlier on you'd said that um the network itself is run by a, a few people that is completely voluntary yes so yeah. we all have uh, different jobs across universities and uh, v- variety, you know a lot a lot are actually working in social enterprises themselves and voluntarily we uh, try to drive um, that membership and it's now being monetized so that it can be sustainable in the future 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, so sesen.org.uk for details. And um, I know from having gone to uh, many of your your, your events um, that um, uh, you get to meet some fascinating social entrepreneurs. And uh, of course, people uh, support one another too. So um, I wanted to just ask a little bit more about the network itself and um, um, what you would encourage people to do which of course is uh, probably to go go to the website <laughs> yes. uh, sign up and join <laughs> is that the biggest call to uh, action today so uh, i guess so yeah so um to sign up is quite easily it's uh, sscn.org.uk forward slash join and it takes only five minutes there are both yep. free and incredibly affordable options yeah there um but because we are a membership-based local support network um everyone getting involved in that network is bringing um bringing something different we we have peer-to-peer support groups we provide master classes um you'll know yourself jamie from delivering something yourself earlier this week on public sector tendering and uh understanding the social value act uh, mm. more in depth we um uh, the network has all of that as well so a, a call to action is to to be mindful of what the center doing and to and to promote and share the news about sheffield being a social enterprise city you know yes. um, it, is, it is really exciting and we're very proud of it <laughs> it is really exciting and and i think uh, you should be and uh, very proud of it and um great for the network and great for the social enterprises in the city and uh, sheffield live uh, mentioned as an example of of a yes, social enterprise <laughs> here alongside zest fusion cafe and and many many more so congratulations and uh, well done for pulling this together and working with a great stakeholder group darren and um and uh, onwards indeed so uh, so thanks for coming in today and um Thank let's you. just put a call to action then join uh, join ssen uh, ssen.org.uk thank right, you thank you very much So this is Business Live, Sheffield Live's weekly business and social enterprise programme with me, Jamie Veach. Get in touch, be on the show, put yourself or someone else forward to be a guest on the programme. Email jamie at sheffieldlive.org. Send a text 07904 272 200. Find me on Twitter, find Sheffield Live on Twitter as well. You can find our guests on Twitter too. SSEN, Sheffield Social Enterprise Network, have a, has a Twitter account, and so does my next guest. And uh, really, really pleased that uh, she's come in today. Kisha Bradley, engineer, STEMinist, promoter of inclusive skill building. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks very much for coming in. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I've had my coffee, and I'm now I'm ready to talk to you this morning and everyone out there. So Excellent. Yeah. Super duper. Well, I've had my coffee too, so... Um, <laughs> Um, maybe not quite enough. I'm not as hyper as normal on a Friday, but uh, hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've had too much. So forgive me for talking too much. <laughs> so tell me, Kisha, first of all, what's a STEMinist? Because um, I'd like you to define it in, in, you know, what does it mean to you? So first STEM is science, technology, engineering and maths. Yep. And I'm more of a fan of STEAM, which just add art, arts in there so that people can use STEM and then STEMinist is a play on feminist which is about being inclusive not just of women but of minorities and men and people with disability and so on and so forth so I would consider myself a STEMinist because I'd like STEM to be more diverse because with diverse STEM we have diverse innovation and everyone wins yeah so that's that's what STEMinist 
means to me. Great yeah. stuff. Okay. And um, and you talk about being a promoter of inclusive skill building yes. on, on your Twitter bio. And you're an engineer too. So, yes. uh, so your, um, your background, your educational career history, uh, engineer, where did you study and uh, what do you do? Yeah. So I, um, I studied engineering in the US at a small private university called Rose Holman. Most people probably haven't heard of it. Um, and there is when it really came to light for me that women in general and minorities don't study engineering and if they do a lot of times they'll start from a different place because they maybe weren't encouraged at a younger age in fact I wasn't encouraged I was um I remember when I decided to go to Rose Holman which is known for engineering one of my teachers said oh you won't last a week there and so that was the first kind of sign to Gosh, me. Isn't that, that horrifying? Yeah and, yeah, I, and I didn't understand what he meant by that. I thought it was just, it'll be really challenging and difficult. And when I got there, I thought, oh, I've got to prove everyone wrong. <laughs> mm. So I took it on as a challenge. And I, and I realized sometimes, my very first class, it was a physics lab, and there were 30 people in the room, and I was the only woman. So that was a real life opener. And I struggled a lot with spatial awareness which is when you look at something in 2D and then you look at it in 3D and kind of trying to translate that in your mind of how it would look in the other aspect, if that makes sense. Um, and I really, really struggled. And there weren't structures there to help me catch up because I didn't play with Lego and connects and, and mm. toys like that growing up because girls were more encouraged to play with Barbie dolls and yeah kitchen and you know i had a fake little vacuum that i ran around the house with it yeah yeah and then my brother had this giant connects roller coaster that oh. i was i was eyeing up constantly and he yes. left it in the box for years and i thought can i please build that but i didn't want to be a boy quote unquote so so this is really interesting and it yeah. could be that uh, your brother was eyeing up your toys as well and wishing uh, wishing that uh, he was able to play with them i um, think he was he's yeah. more of a nurturing yeah. <laughs> i'm not i am nurturing i'm nice but um i think he's more than i am yeah so, well it isn't necessarily an either or yeah and, um, no yeah so so that's a really interesting description mm. of your experience yes. also and how uh, from a very early stage toys are um given to people um assigned to people almost yes. beca um, because of gender assumptions mm, exactly so so you studied in um in in the u.s um yeah. now um you talked about your initial uh, perhaps shock on on um on going mm. to 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 the mm. university what, what happens next so i had a few internships yeah. and you know there are all these they're not mean or um, no one has bad intentions, but there are always these little comments all along the way and all of my jobs that kind of just added up. Um, and I thought someone has to do something about this. We need to change the workplace, workplace culture. Yeah. And that's one step. And I think there are massive um, initiatives happening right now that are, you know, taking the small steps needed to be taken in order to make women and minorities feel welcomed in the workplace. But an area where we, we could do more work is early intervention and do that skill building at a young age and building confidence and helping people gain those problem-solving skills that they really need starting early on because that's when spatial awareness is developed is 
in those early years. Right. So, Okay, so you've identified a need and even an opportunity as well in terms Mm. of early intervention. Let's fast forward to the the now and and to the recent history, Mm. if you like, last year. Um, You and Ruth Amos, Ruth Amos has been on this program in the the past as well, Um, but you and Ruth Amos got together and Mm. um, you... um, you have a, a business, a social enterprise, mm. Brightbox Toys, that has actually um, won at Sheffield Soup. Sheffield yeah. Soup, something we've talked about on this program mm. many times. Penny uh, Raven has been on the show. Yeah. Um, but you also um, led a campaign last mm. year, um, uh, hashtag Girls With Drills. Yes. Uh, not only a hashtag, there the were clothes, T-shirts and so on. Well, mm. I'll tell you what. Pardon me to talk about it. Can you tell me one more? So I started Brightbox February, so it's almost a year old. Brightbox February last year, and it started out as Bright Toys. Now it's Brightbox. Um, And I went to Sheffield Soup to not only ask for a bit of funding, but more to get the community involved and get their support and kind of hear their thoughts on it, which is massive in Sheffield Soup. It's a great place to go and um, get great feedback and community support and build that kind of um, community that you need to start a social enterprise. Um, And then when I was on the stage and I did my story, told my story, I asked the audience to imagine a girl with a drill. And that's when Ruth came up to me. She said, we need to get more people talking about this. We have to do something with uh, girls with drills. And that's where Ruth and I met and kind of took off with this girls with drills. And it started as us going for a coffee and wanting to just do something fun and get people talking about inclusive making. Because with, like I said before, with inclusive making, you get um, diverse workplaces and diverse innovation and everyone wins. So that's where girls with drills started. Just a fun project between two friends. And then we've had, famous people and local people and everyone kind of get behind and support and say, yeah, actually this is a really important thing and we need more girls with drills and other tools to have a go and get excited and be confident in using those tools. So this is, um, this is built on your own experiences, your own observations as well. And then you started Brightbox, as you say, a year ago, and then you, you met with Ruth and, uh, you've, you've developed this campaign. Yes. So, um, and the campaign ran in Mm. the run up to Christmas, I suppose. Yes. Um, uh, with with a hashtag on Twitter. And uh, as you say, uh, famous people have, have been involved and just talking before the show, show um we're talking about um uh notable names spreading the word about yes. what you and ruth are doing so yeah. it's really touched nerve yes it has so um we we started and we we wanted to do a campaign and there's this thing called thunderclap and when we started we thought we could maybe get 20 people on our thunderclap and it said you have to have a minimum of 100 so we thought okay we'll, we'll do it over a month and we ended up with 100 people in three or four days, which was massive. Yeah. Like, that was huge for us. Um, and then it just got a few famous people, Simone Yertz, Colin um, Furtz, and Robin Entz. They all kind of followed on and a few others. And they spread the word. And with that, we sold 100 shirts. And we've been able to fund um, 300 children's makerspace activities. So yes. it's a huge like turnaround and being able to support all those kids in deprived communities that otherwise wouldn't be able to have um, those informal STEM kind of workshops is it's, it's amazing. And to see the kids faces, it's, 
it's invaluable so it really it really sounds like it has been absolutely so yes so 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 the campaign isn't solely awareness and awareness is obviously important that's how it started yeah uh, but it's and it's and it's then had some concrete results in terms of enabling you to sell t-shirts sweatshirts and you're here in the studio wearing a wearing a (laughs) t-shirt a girls with drills t-shirt um and the sale of those has actually funded work so yeah so you talked about workshops maker spaces and then this this goes back to to brightbox and what you do as an organization and the yeah. fact that you've been able to um sell something to fund something which exactly. is a model that lots of social enterprises yeah. use so tell me more about that so when we set out to do it we didn't we just wanted it to be a conversation starter so we thought all the profits from selling the shirts will go straight back into Brightbox and we'll fund yeah. all the materials that we need um, for the kids to have the maker sessions. And then it was a lot more popular than we thought it would be. So then, and people were asking us, oh, where do I get a drill? Can you teach me how to use a drill? How do I put a shelf up? And so then we started doing workshops because that's that was the yeah. next step. That's what people were asking for. Um, so we're doing workshops at Union Street and Running With Scissors and um, a few other places around Sheffield, Strip the Willow. But then the workshops right now are, or the Brightbox Makerspace sessions are Parson Cross Library. Mm-hmm. And hopefully over the next year, we'll be rolling it out to more libraries in Sheffield so that more children in deprived areas and other children as well can access access that STEM learning Right, brilliant. So, uh, how does a workshop uh, run? I mean, how long is a, 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 work, mm. a workshop usually, and, and what happens during the course of a workshop? So, the Girls with Drills workshops, where people get to use tools and they make furniture, and a lot of that is led by people saying, This is the type of thing that I want to build, are last anywhere from two hours to four hours. Yeah. Um, and they get hands on, they use t- uh, drills. Um, the longer sessions, they get to use a miter saw and a Craig jig, which is something I just learned how to use recently. is a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And then for the Brightbox Makerspace sessions, those are an hour. And right now, like I said, at Parson Cross Library on Tuesdays. Um, and those those involve a range of activities. And it's always the kids making something. And I set them off with a challenge. Yes. And they have to take that challenge on and try to be creative. And the the things they come up with are amazing. Like they? They, yeah. I think, oh, this is going to be a horrible week. This is a horrible challenge. And the things that they walk away with, I'm amazed. The creativity is an imagination kids have is unbelievable. Yes. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Sounds yeah. sounds great fun. I bet you yeah. absolutely love this as well. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm glowing now. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, in, in the space of, well, only just a year, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a year that, uh, ago that you set up Brightbox. Um is it easy to put a number on the, uh, on how many um, children that you've worked with off the top of your head? Yeah, it's roughly it's between eight and nine hundred now. Good I grief. haven't I haven't yeah. done the numbers for this for this year so far, but at the end of last year we'd worked with seven hundred children easily. Yeah. So this is a significant impact already in the yeah. first year, and um, and as a as a as an organisation, uh, how are you constituted? Are you set up as a um, social enterprise, and what kind of model did you use to set up? So for Brightbox, December as of December fifth, we are officially a social enterprise company limited by guarantee. Yeah. And then Girls with Drills, we didn't expect to take off the way it has. No. So it's still very much growing and in the process of deciding yeah. what it wants to become. Yes. So and it's just in the past few weeks that i've decided to 
separate them a bit. Girls with Drills will still support Brightbox. So every fu- session that is bought will fund a Brightbox session for a child. But they'll, they'll be separate so that adults can see the Girls with Drills stuff. And then um, yes. kids can see the STEM and Makerspace thing. So. That makes a lot of sense. That, yeah. That's great. Now, you've talked about a few things coming up, and including Pass and Cross and, and, mm. and others. And I note on the website... Uh, woodworking give it a crack woodworking uh, event and uh, explanation uh, exploration sorry and discovery at she fest but sponsored by british science yes. week so you're bringing in um, some uh, national partners here as well mm. and working with she fest which is something again we've covered on the on the radio show just just again um, what will uh, what will the um, the SheFest British Science Week event, what, what will that cover? So at the British Science Week, um, so first British Science Week is a week for the whole country to kind of yeah. come together and um, get kids and adults alike to take an interest in science and see that it's not all maths and boring chemistry, which yeah. actually chemistry is really exciting, so I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's more yes, yeah, that's it? the perception. It's just, yeah. So it's this one will be exploring bugs, so people could come and um, I'll have bugs hidden in different places, or pictures of bugs, don't worry, there yeah. won't be any spiders, um, hidden in different places, and you can learn about um, their habitat and their importance to the environment and... Um, I might even get some that you can eat if that if your stomach's okay with that. Fantastic! Yeah, so it's, right. <laughs> it'll be we'll be using augmented reality and those different ty- types of technology. So again, it's not just letting science sit by itself, but including the arts and technology and engineering and using them all together instead of them being isolated as one subject. And that was funded by British Science Week, so we did get a grant from them. Yeah, and then it's in partnership with SheFest. So again, it's about. Um, the minorities and people who normally wouldn't be encouraged to look at STEM or science and um, getting them to engage with it. Right. So, yeah. Superb. And details of that are up on the um, Brightbox Makerspace yeah. website. We're going to give out the um, the uh, details, the um, Twitter and website addresses. Yeah, that's March 10th. In a few minutes. Yeah. Brilliant. Super. And I, I note on the, uh, on the website, you talk about um, other work that you do from... Um, community events markets mm. schools events through to birthday parties as well yes so great um, great range there and um, um in a birthday party um you talk about matching the birthday child's interests yes whether, whether yeah. it's building robots creating animations or or, or more yeah so. so we'll be doing like for the end of this month it will be a building bookends so you can take dinosaurs or they're old toys and kind of cut them in half and use make bookends so that's one of the the sessions that they can do but every child has different interests so there's always something you could build so if it is barbie dolls or babies then you can build like little houses for them to live in so it's still engineering and it still applies for interests but likewise if they just like toolboxes you could build a toolbox and have their all their tools in it so there are a wide range of um, things that kids can build and interact with that will still cater to their interests. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that makes absolute sense. Excellent. Good. Well, there's loads more I want to ask you. And I thought oh. that uh, before I do, though, we'll take a break for a track of music so that we can all have a sip of coffee. Yes. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Uh, spot the addict here i'm very sorry but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do before we uh, before we return to kisha is uh, we'll we'll uh, play a track this is little hurricane and the uh, the track itself is called trouble ahead 
We'll play that now. We're open for business live. This is Business Live, Sheffield Live's weekly business and social enterprise programme with me, Jamie Veach. And in the studio today, I've been talking with Kisha Bradley. We've been talking about Girls With Drills and Brightbox. We've also been talking earlier with Darren Chowings about the Sheffield Social Enterprise Network. Now, if you've only just tuned in, then don't panic, because the podcast of today's programme will be up on the Sheffield Live website from about 11am today. And we're going to return to Kisha in just a moment or two. Before we do, a few forthcoming events that you might find really interesting, really helpful, really useful if you're running a business or a social enterprise. So on the 22nd of February, there is an introduction to copyright workshop that's being run by the Business and IP Centre Sheffield. And you can find out how copyright affects you and your business with their free introduction to copyright workshop. 22nd of February at the Business and IP Centre, Sheffield Central Library. It's going to explain the basics basics of copyright, duration, eligible works, key resources to access and information you need to protect and to manage your copyright. So details, registration are on Eventbrite, eventbrite.co.uk. Look up Business and IP Centre Sheffield. I'll tweet the link out to that at the end of the programme. Um, it will be uh, very helpful, I'm sure, to, uh, to, to many. Now, we've been hearing a lot about China because the Prime Minister has just been to China talking about trading with China. Now, if you're a Sheffield-based business, then there is a Sheffield China business seminar coming up. Uh, There is one next Wednesday, 10.30am through to 11. And it's talking about what's called the Belt and Road Initiative. What is that? Well, if you want to find out, go to this seminar. It will talk about opportunities for businesses in the Northern Powerhouse and how to get involved. And Invest Sheffield has invited Mr. Jin Yu, the Minister Councillor from the Embassy of China in the UK, to give an overview of the initiative. And there will be um, details on uh, what the initiative does, how you can get involved. Now, you have to get involved an invitation if you want to go. If you want to be invited, then email ben, B-E-N, Huey, H-U-I, at sheffield.gov.uk. And again, there are details of that on Eventbrite. I'll tweet the link out to that event at the end of the programme so you can find out more if you are interested. Then what else? We have the Sheffield City Region Skills Shortages and Hard-to-Fill Vacancies Report being launched next week. Again, that's next Wednesday, but the time for that is 7.45am through to 10am. So Sheffield City Region and business experts from the region will be launching the SCR Skills Shortages and Hard-to-Fill Vacancies Report. That's at the Bessemer Room at the Advanced Advanced Manufacturing Park Technology Centre. So uh, it's based on research surveying 500 job seekers and business leaders in the region to reveal the reasons for hard-to-fill vacancies. And it makes recommendations to improve skills shortages too. So Ruth Adams, who's a Deputy MD and the Director of Strategic Corporate Affairs at Sheffield City Region, will be there on the panel. Alongside Lisa Pogson, the Joint MD of Airmaster, Karen Stanfield, Sheffield Hallam University, Louisa Harrison-Walker, the MD of Benchmark Recruit. And uh, if you want to go along to that event, free to do so, you need to register once again through Eventbrite. So again, I'll tweet the link to that at the end of the programme 
so you can find out more details there. So plenty going on. And um, I did also mention we'd had a couple of emails from listeners about outsourcing with um, with one listener saying that uh, we had um, um, we have a situation in which we have privatized profit and socialized risk. They didn't want to give their name, but they were talking specifically about Carillion. What do you think about that? Um, is p- bidding for public sector contracts a good thing? Um, I think um, uh, many of you have something to say, so if you do, get in touch, send me an email. And if there's something else going on in um, in business or in social enterprise that you'd like us to cover, uh, drop us an email. So time now to return to Kisha Bradley. Um, Kisha. Hello. Hi again. So Hi. we've been talking Brightbox, Girls with Drills and much, much more and yes. phenomenal achievements in first year of, of trading for your social enterprise. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> really, really impressive. Yeah. Now, it's great to hear those achievements, but I know from personal yeah. experience and from all the social enterprises and all the businesses that I speak mm. with, everyone faces challenges. So, yes. uh, so, so I want to just ask you where you've had help and support mm. And uh, what have been the biggest challenges that have come up for you in the in the last year? Yeah, so, so I don't know whether you want to cover help and help and support first or challenges. So help and support, I would say none of this would be possible without all the help and support I've received from not only individuals but also the the different organisations. So a few of those are um, Groundworks Social Enterprise Exchange, yeah, um, and then the Sheffield Social Enterprise Network with Darren that we talked to earlier and then um evolve the evolve program at the university of sheffield and i've received a bit of funding from them as well so all of those organizations have been key in um mentorship and getting keeping me focused and going the right direction and a lot of learning has had to be done because my background's in engineering i did get my master's in management but i didn't use that in a formal workplace. So I've had to do a lot of learning around, you know, marketing and business plans and finance and accounting and all that, the stuff that people don't normally get to see. Um, they just get to see the exciting things. So it has been a massive, um, challenge. And I would say some of that is, um, learning when to say no, I think, and then taking on advice and what advice is, cause all advice is sound and it comes from somewhere. Yeah. But what advice do you take and what's good for you and what's good for your business? And now then that's a, that's a really good point. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it all comes from good places and it's all good, good advice, but you don't have to take it all mm. and knowing what advice you want to take and what works for you is an important thing to learn. Um, besides all the different skills you have to, cause you wear all the hats at first when you, cause at first you are the only person or you might have a partner and you might be, just yeah. be a few people. So, until you can grow and employ more people, you have to learn all those skills for yourself. Yes, absolutely. But with that, it's also reaching out and getting the community involved and knowing that you're not alone in this. And if it's something that is really worth pursuing and a problem that people see, there will be people out there that will help you with it and they will take on some of those roles. And so maybe not in your first day, but as you grow, those people will will. will come out of the work out of the work so just reaching out to those people and not being afraid to ask for help i think it's huge um so with that 
ask them because your mental health matters and you need to let them take on some of those things so that you can take care of yourself and know when to turn off as well. So yeah. So it's so, been really important for me. That's, that's so important, isn't mm. it? I think. Um, so knowing what to say no to, yes. uh, knowing that you can go and ask people, yes. uh, taking on as much advice as you can. But uh, if you like taking responsibility to make the decision yourself, exactly, and, yeah. um, the advice is offered um, with uh, goodwill and expertise and whether you're paying for it or whether someone else is paying for for it if it's say a, a program mm. um and, or just a friends or whatever yeah. you can listen to it you can but you and you you can weigh it up and you can then decide mm. what to do i suppose yeah yeah exactly yeah. great yeah. so that's been that's interesting and you talked about evolve and um winning some funding there yes um yeah. and social enterprise exchange program as well something else we've, we've mentioned here yeah. so um Big, big in terms of impact for, for any social enterprise, um, winning funding. Yes. Um, not only in terms of that can help you accelerate the um, growth of a business or mm. of a social enterprise um, and accelerate your plans to earn, earn, earn income from people paying you. Yeah. But also it's a confidence boost as well when, when your idea Massive gets confidence that. boost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of times it's, the advice is worth more than the money, yes. but the money is a huge confidence boost and it allows you to do a lot of other things that you wouldn't be able to do without it. So yes, sure thing. Yeah, definitely go out and get advice and mentor, find a mentor. Great. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Well, that, I think, is phenomenally helpful so any other challenges i suppose that have been um um, that that, that you face or that you've observed in terms of um through the networks that you've joined and become a member of um without naming other people or other social enterprises names um we can all see that um um and particularly when we get to know people um that that other businesses and other social enterprises face things What, what, what do you think are um common challenges so i think there are two you can kind of categorize them into two two places and one is this the constant learning which i see is it's kind of a good challenge so it does stop you it doesn't really stop you from succeeding but with the extra knowledge and learning you can go further um and then the other one is um just being able to look past the now. So you kind of, you have to look into the future and think strategically about what's going to happen maybe in three to five years, not in too much detail, but you also have to be able to think about right now and what, what are your priorities and what you need to do to, to get to that three to five year point. And I think it's difficult when you're in the day to day of it to, to do both at the same time. Um, and that's something I still struggle with. So I, I constantly have to come back to myself and say, all right, what's the bigger picture? Um, and what is just noise and clutter that is would be really nice to do, but isn't important for um, getting the impact and um, the value that I need today. So it's the balance between those two. So the skill learning, that's always going to be a challenge. I think hopefully for everyone, for the rest of our lives, we're always going to be learning. And then the other one is the looking five years from now but also looking right now and balancing the two yes quite and again yeah i think i've I've certainly observed that and people have commented about Mm -hmm. that quite frequently on this radio show too on on the program the um the the finding time as well to uh yes professional development and skill learning and development and as you say the um the perspective change between um 
a strategic overview, mm. uh, an oversight or a strategic view and a sort of getting um, engaged in the day-to-day operational responsibilities yeah. that need to be done right now. Yeah, so. and it all comes back to that priority you're talking about. Yeah. So it's taking the time to do things that will um, help you for the three-year plan or whatever your long-term plan is, but also getting the stuff down, done that needs to be done today. Yeah. So it's like, and I think that's the one I struggle with the most is I see the three-year plan, but I get stuck in the day today and I do what needs to be done next instead of um, taking just a day a month or every few weeks or so to work on those long-term strategic things that need, that need to be done for me to succeed. So quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, none of us are alone with this. Yeah, so, no, yeah. no, not at all. Which is why you should join some kind of network because yes. then you know that those are struggles and they're going to have skills that you don't have that you can maybe do a bit yes. of trading on without paying too much. So That makes a lot of sense yeah, too, doesn't yeah. it, in terms of skill swaps. And, yeah. Uh, seen a lot of those going on. Uh, skill swaps and mutual support networks yes. and so on. Brilliant. So we, we've been talking about uh, STEM um we've been talking about steam as well yes steam <laughs> that's my favorite i like yeah, steam absolutely and inclusive skill building too yes um, vital of course for the businesses mm. of today and tomorrow um yeah. and uh be interesting to see, uh, see what comes out of the skills gap report which is being launched next week as well oh, for, yeah. for, for the region um of course, um, Brightbox doing uh, incredible things and uh, what an impact already. If you've uh, worked with eight or nine hundred yeah. uh, young people and children, that's phenomenal. Um, mm. People can find out more um, about Brightbox, also about Girls With Drills. So mm. we can talk Twitter, we can talk hashtags and we can talk website. Where do you want people to go? So both websites are having a bit of a makeover, but you can go to brightboxmakerspace.com or girlswithdrills.com. Um, they will have a makeover in the next coming weeks, so I'm sorry for any inconvenience in that time. <laughs> um, but then Facebook is always good. So yeah. um, on Facebook, we're Brightbox Makerspace. On Twitter, we're Brightbox Maker. And then we only use the hashtag for Girls With Drills because we think everyone should kind of have a stake in it and use the hashtag as much as possible to talk about what they're making and their experiences in making. Yeah. Um, so it's just hashtag girls with drills. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. So go take a look at those and uh, follow the links through. And there are about uh, only three, four T-shirts, sweatshirts yeah, left not for many. sale. Pretty yeah. much almost sold out. So, yes. so if you want to get your hands on one, then uh, act very quickly. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so take a look at the websites. I'll tweet the links out as well myself to those two. And, uh, well, I mean, Kisha Bradley, that's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. us in the studio today. Thank you. So you've been listening to Business Live, Sheffield Live's weekly business and social enterprise programme with me, Jamie Veach. You'd be very welcome to get in touch. Send a note to jamie at sheffieldlive.org. Tweet me, Jamie Veach. Find Sheffield Live on Twitter. Send a text 07904 272 200. Our guests today have been Darren Changs and Keisha Bradley. It's been a fantastically interesting show. Thank you so much to Darren and to Keisha. Thank you for listening and thank you to Sangeeta in the studio as our sound engineer today. We'll be back on air next Friday. So tune in then, but don't go away now because next up on Sheffield Live, it's our fantastic folk music program. Thank goodness it's folk from 10 all the way through to noon. Before that, we're going to play out with a track of music chosen by Kisha. This is Girls Run the World, Beyonce. We're open for Business Live.